Hey, everybody. I don't know how to start it off. What are your thoughts about the intro? All right. Well, I wrote down a list of points. Boundaries for our podcast. We curse a lot. Fucking obviously. We tell stories and jokes. We are allowing ourselves a space to talk about important and challenging subjects. <laughs> if any of these things are not okay with you, please don't listen to this podcast. But I, I think we should keep talking about this for for a minute and make that the intro. Just kind of take some of each of our statements and and make that the intro. And also I'll use the fart noises. Welcome to How I Met My Brother. Welcome. There we go. Okay. I wasn't sure if my computer was going to tolerate doing two things at once. Oof. What was the other? Come on. Trying to send a text. Anyway, yeah, now that. Now that we're done um, plotting how we're going to use a podcast to cheat on our taxes. <laughs> Wait a second. We cannot tell the people this. We can get back. Even though everyone's doing the same thing out there. If there are any IRS uh, agents listening. Okay. Uh, so let's, let's, let's uh, attempt once again to stick to... Uh, to the format of our show. So <laughs> segment number one is fact check. Except the problem is I haven't listened to our last recording, so I don't actually know if there's anything that we said wrong. Uh, so can you think of anything that we said that's wrong? I cannot. Um, We're going to have to wait till the next episode and just, just give it. <laughs> and that's from, it for fact from check. Behind. Y'all are going to get it from behind in the next episode. Not from me because I'm, I'm male and coming from a male person that's a threat. But coming from a non-male person that's that's a promise. What? What? You can't. Man, it's less a than promise. a promise. Less than a minute, and we're already into gender politics. We are fucking good at this. That's a good one. Um, okay. okay, so no, so welcome that means everybody to How I Met My Brother. I'm Heidi J. I'm Leal. Oh, we have the intro now, so we don't have to do that every time. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's fine. Um, hopefully, they went to the Patreon. <laughs> thank, they went to the Patreon you. and the Venmo and the PayPal. Yeah, the, I got, the, oh my gosh, I just got your, your photo. Oh, did you? Leo just sent me a photo, everybody. Oh, my goodness. This is uh, maybe. <laughs> Let me describe this to everyone. Okay. May, I'll try and remember to, like, uh, to Instagram this photo, like, on the day this episode comes out or oh something. Oh, my gosh. I've got a- to. F- so, Leo and I have the same exact hair. You and I have the same friggin' hair. Pretty fucking much. Yeah, dude. I think. I think mine crazy. might be slightly more curly, but I really can't. I'm not even sure. But yeah, um, that is me at age 30. 
What curly locks you have, my friend. Yep. You have way more facial hair than I do. Yep. Yeah, I've been cultivating it for some time. Very proud of it. I, I grew it myself. <laughs> Your testosterone grew it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so since we don't have anything for fact check, we can um, jump straight into uh, into what did I miss? Because that's actually I, we didn't get to finish everything that we wanted to talk about for this segment uh, on the last episode. Um, so I told you about a naked man in Brooklyn. A naked um, man in Brooklyn. What a great story that was. Yeah, we didn't get to uh, to talk as much about tattoos as you wanted to, so we can talk about ta- tattoos. And I also, if you're um, ready to talk about it, I definitely want to hear about um, your your time um, living away from civilization because I'm very curious about that. Cool, because that could go right into then us talking about growing food and why that's important. Okay, yeah. perfect. We got a plan, everybody. We know exactly what's going to happen and what to do about it. So right. that's what's that's what's coming up, listeners. There may or may not be talk about. You know, we'll definitely de- uh, we'll definitely divert onto some only tangentially related topics. But that's be- that's where we're going. That's that's what our intention is. We are setting our intention of Om talking about. Shanti, shipti, bipti. Okay, so of, of those of those things, where do you want to start? Are you not going to tell me another story? Tell me one more story, a short one of something you guys did as kids. Tell me um, in uh, high school, please. If you, you wanna... want like a family one or do you want one just like something that I did in high school? Something you did in high school. Um, so when I went to um, I went to a school that was a um, about like pretty much all the. Uh, high schools in Boise. Boise's, you know, very heavily Mormon, as is a lot of Southern Idaho. Um, and there was um, a seminary building. So the Mormon kids got to spend a period out of every day just going to the church that was for the school. It wasn't technically on school property, but it was like across the street from the school. Um, and that counted as a class uh, for, for the Mormon students. And so for the delinquent students, such as myself, one of the preferred areas to go and smoke cigarettes uh, was behind that building. <laughs> this fits perfectly into my story. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so... I was in high school. In high school, I went to Catholic church. And somewhere around, I think it was like around the time when I'm starting to be like, wait a second, but you're telling me that anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus is going to go to hell. I'm starting to question the church. I don't think that that's right. And we're all, our youth group is all in this big auditorium. And we're all watching these movies. And I believe they were called Hell's Bells. And... I, you know, it's really getting into like drugs and sin, you know, sin, sin, sin. And how all these things are sin and evil. And I was just watching it just enthralled. And I had a quarter in my mouth and I was just flipping the quarter around on my tongue and watching and slowly forgot about the quarter and the quarter slipped down my tongue and into my esophagus and I swallowed it in the middle of hell's bells. Oh, man. I swallowed two quarters in a swimming pool one time. What? You did not do that. (laughs) You are joking right now. I am not at all joking you. I was at a... I was at a... (laughs) 
was at a public pool and I wanted to go and play video games at the arcade, which was at the other end of like the pool complex. So I took two quarters but I didn't want them to fall out of my pocket in the pool. I, was, I wasn't going to walk around the pool because I was like, obviously, the most logical way for me to get from this end of the pool to the other end of the pool is to swim across the pool. So, but I don't, I don't want these quarters to fall out of my pocket while I swim across this pool. So I put them. I put the two quarters in my mouth and I jumped in the pool and I immediately swallowed the quarters. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you immediately <laughs> swallowed them? Two of them? Immediately. <laughs> gone. Gone. Okay. What happened, Leal? Because I have a story about what happened to mine. Oh, nothing. What do you mean, nothing? You I never, never saw, saw them those. again, and they didn't I hurt. I never or... saw those. Nope. Okay, so I have, my my story keeps going. So, oh dear. Mine gets stuck in my esophagus, and they take oh, me no. to the emergency room. So they pull me out of hell's bells. I can't fucking swallow. I'm in all this pain. And we go to the hospital, and I'm like, I was in the middle of a church ceremony, and while I'm waiting for the doctor, the quarter slips down. So the doctor says very seriously. You need to be watching your stool because if something happens and this quarter gets stuck somewhere in your intestines, like it's going to be bad. So you got to watch for this thing. So I took that very seriously. I wanted to be a good. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, there's going to be a quarter coming out any day now. So like a week later or something, I'm in another Catholic retreat thing. <laughs> And we're all sitting down in this row, listening to people talk about God knows what. And all my youth group, also my friends, we also all snuck out and smoked cigarettes together. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so it's in the middle of this church service. I go to the bathroom and the corner comes out. And it's all iridescent and everything. And so I wash it off. <laughs> And I go back into the church service and I pass the quarter around and everybody, all of my friends are looking at this crazy iridescent quarter, passing it around. And my friend actually drilled a hole in it and wore it around his neck for a long time and they called me Miss. Oh <laughs> my God, that is <laughs> And they called fantastic. me uh, Miss Piggy Bank for a long time. <laughs> Um, okay, so it might be, it might be a little bit episode or a little bit, uh, early to, uh, to call the episode title, but I kind of feel like <laughs> the divine transcendence of shitting a quarter. Is that, is that anything? All right. Let me just write that down. Leal. <laughs> Um, wow, that's, that's so good. Um, I'm, I'm, so I'm so happy. Are you I'm happy? So, I'm so that's happy. Why, that's why, so you don't even remember your two quarters coming out? 
No, I mean, I remember oh that I was God. trying to look for them for a while, but I, Mike, <laughs> my, my batting average for um, finding things that are, that are supposed to come out of my body <laughs> when they come out of my body is very low. <laughs> like, I also did not find the kidney stone that I had when it came out. Did you look? I mean, I I pissed through a strainer for like a week and I didn't and nothing ever. I had lithotripsy, s- so it was. I mean, it was pulverized. I mostly just wanted to. I like. I mean, I didn't want to pass it because that's like the painful part. So the Ouch. only I actually didn't the like the um. I mean, there's 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 two parts of having a kidney stone that can be painful. One is like. Uh, kind of any time that it's like moving inside of your kidney, it can cause pain. And that's, that was the part that I experienced. And then when you actually pass it and cause an incredible amount of pain. Uh, but I had lithotripsy, which is this thing where you basically like they lay you on a table that has a beach ball on it. And then that beach ball uh, blasts sound waves into your body and it pulverizes the, um, the stone. So that's um, so I had that. Did that work well? Yeah, like I said, I never, I, I never experienced passing the stone, so it broke it up enough that it was, um, that it went through without me noticing. Wow. Yeah, that was like one of the like still uh, like top five most most painful things in my entire life. Passing um, a kidney stone. Well, I mean, having one, like I said, I never passed it, but yeah, it was like so. I was um, this was when I was living in Brooklyn. Um, I was trying to go to, to, to bed late one night. It was like, um, I was uh, waiting table, so I had gotten uh, home super late. <clears throat> and my uh, my ex-wife was a teacher, so she had gotten, she had left like not out long after I got home, but I, and I was having trouble falling asleep. I was having like this this kind of pain in my, like my lower back area. And uh, and I thought it was, uh, I thought it was constipated. And so I, and it was just like, the pain is getting worse and worse. And I was like, uh, I got to do something about this. Like I can't sleep. It hurts. And, um, so I had, there were laxatives in the house, um, both oral and suppository laxatives. And I don't know why we had both, both oral and suppository laxatives in the house, but I was like, well, the oral laxative takes like six, six hours to work. And I'm like going to die right now. So I have, I only have one choice. So I, at this point, like the pain is so bad that I'm throwing up and, um, how old were you? Uh, 25 about something like that. 24, 25. Um, and uh, I always say, like, everybody's got their own opinion of what they think is the hardest thing in the world. Uh, <laughs> and my my humble entry onto this list of hardest things to do is uh, holding a pill like this big inside of your ass while vomiting. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 oh, God. You're going to have to take this out of the <laughs> is that real did that really happen i'm oh yeah no that 100 percent happened yeah i i tried to use a suppository laxative to to deal with what turned out to be a kidney stone what after you <laughs> used the suppository did you realize it wasn't going to work yeah because no because i literally couldn't keep the suppository up my ass because i kept vomiting Because the podcast name could also be The Case of the Projectile Suppository. <laughs> That's why or it's just, good that there's room for like a subtitle. Okay, or yeah, The sh- Shitting Quarters and Projectile Suppositories. 
Yeah. A lot of we need to get some we we need to we need to get onto some more highbrow uh material <laughs> for this episode. It can't all just be just butt stuff. Uh <laughs> We, yeah, we spend a lot right, of time. Yeah, on well, so then there's the tapeworm story. <laughs> oh no! I recently told this story. My friends have already heard this one. I was in Chile in the Rainbow Caravan for Peace, uh-huh. which is another story that should be told someday. Alberto Rus from Mexico started this amazing organization called the Rainbow Caravan for Peace. Changed a mil- many of our lives very deeply. An amazing organization. So I'm working for them in Chile, going to the bathroom. And I'm like, man, this poop is just not coming out. (laughs) And so I look down and I grab hold of it and I just pull, you know, in this huge, huge, huge worm comes out of my butt. And I've got this giant, giant worm. It's like a foot long. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we put it, we washed it, put it in a jar, and the whole caravan passed the worm around, and everybody thought it was the coolest thing. So, do you want to hear a joke about a tapeworm? I do, I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. Okay. So, this guy goes to the doctor's office for a checkup, and the doctor says, hey, you got a, you got a tapeworm. We got to take care of that. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy's like, okay, so what do we, what do we got to do? And the guy, doctor says, okay, tomorrow. Why don't you come back uh, to the office same time and bring with you uh, a ham sandwich and a lemon cookie. And the guy's like, okay. Um, so he comes back the next day and doctor says, take off your pants. And he takes off his pants. What? And the doctor, doctor shoves the ham sandwich up his ass. <laughs> and before the guy can even say anything, the doctor takes the lemon cookie and shoves the lemon cookie oh, up his yeah. ass. And then the doctor says, you can put your pants back on, come back tomorrow with a lemon cookie and a, and a ham sandwich. And the guy's like, what? 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 But he's, you know, he's following the doctor's orders. So he comes back the next day with a ham sandwich and a lemon cookie. And the doctor says, take off your pants. The guy takes off his pants. The doctor takes a ham sandwich, <laughs> crams it up his ass, takes the lemon cookie and crams it up his ass. And, uh, and he says, you can put your pants back on, come back tomorrow with a ham sandwich and a lemon cookie. And the guy's like, what? Wait a second. He's like, trust me. Trust me. Okay, just trust me. This is the procedure. Okay. Just come back tomorrow with a ham sandwich and a lemon cookie. And the guy's like, man, I need some explanation. But he does it. He comes back the next day with a ham sandwich and a lemon cookie. And the doctor takes the ham sandwich, cramps it up his ass, takes the lemon cookie, cramps it up his ass. And the doctor says, okay, put your pants back on. All right, come back tomorrow and uh, bring a ham sandwich and a hammer. No, no, no. The guy's like, what? No. What? No. What? No. what? But he does it. He comes back the next day with a ham sandwich and a hammer. And the doctor takes, <laughs> doctor takes the ham sandwich, grabs it up his ass. No. He grabs the hammer. And, the, and then the doctor just waits. And he waits. Oh, my God. And he waits. Oh. And a couple seconds oh. later, the worm pokes its head out of the guy's ass. And he says, hey, where's my lemon cooking? Wham! Yes! Tapeworm with a hammer. That, that, that is a joke from our father. What? You are kidding me. Uh, no, yeah. Dad, I mean, I it's not original, be- but that's, that's where I learned that joke. Dad taught me that joke. Oh, it's not an original from Divot? No, no. He did not write that joke, but that's where I heard that joke. Uh, so, audience, our dad's name is Divot, which is, that is, uh, that is slang true. for David. 
It's uh, sort of. Yeah, he got it from Mad Magazine. So, so he he is a comedian as well. I mean, he hasn't performed as a comedian uh, since like you and I were babies. Um, uh, but he's uh, you know he's always he's very much always been a, a performer and you know and a funny guy and you know he likes to make jokes. He's mostly specializes in dad jokes now. And, um, you know, when, uh, like when I was in high school, um, in the nineties, um, one of his favorite jokes, because rap music was becoming a popular thing. Um, one of, one of the, one of his favorite jokes that he uh, still tells to this day, uh, is that he wants to become a rapper, um, and call himself ice decaf latte <laughs> and sing sing raps about uh paying the neighbor neighborhood neighborhood kids to mow his lawn and stuff i gotta meet this guy in person (laughs) yeah you really do yeah um all right (laughs) do you want to tell me a one tattoo story okay um, How many have we? We've, I showed you the one that uh, that's one of Dad's paintings, right? The zebra and the Calvin and Hobbes and the Calvin and Hobbes one, right? Okay, so um, the this is uh, part of my first tattoo, uh, listeners. I'm I'm taking my shirt off. Woo! All right, no, you're all right. You're my sibling. That's weird. Um, this well no th- and I I wanted to show you this one because um there it's uh, this is like the 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 family tattoo this is a family um, tattoo yeah so it's my camera here sucks ass but um you can kind of see it but so these are bats um they're bats? done um, wow they're done in um, Chinese style because the that was where I originally got the idea so my um, our other sister Mercedes in uh, high school was doing a lot of batik work what um. Uh, yeah, she did a bunch of, um, fuck, I have a piece that she made, but it's not in here. Mm. Um, but yeah, she was like big into it in high school and she made me this, uh, this shirt. And, um, one of the things that it had on it were these, uh, Chinese bats. And so they're in, uh, in Chinese artwork, they're used in groups of five. It's probably cultural appropriation for me to have them, but at least I don't have like, uh, uh, fucking Chinese characters that say dim sum or whatever. Um. But so she made me this shirt that had two of them on it. But uh, typically in like um, Chinese artwork, they're uh, in groups of five uh, for Pakwa and they uh, represent like good fortune and happiness. Um, and since there were five people in my immediate family before we found out about you, um, we, I decided that it would be a, a representation of family. So there, there are five bats here. So this one up on the shoulder is the first one that I got. And that one's dad's bat. And then this green one here in my elbow pit is me. Um, and then the blue one is Alex and the big red one is mom. And the orange one is Mercedes. Uh, so now I have to get another bat. That is so cool. Leo. So then the other part of like my upper body tattoo is also like uh, family ancestry related because I have, um, I don't you're probably not going to be able to see it, but oh, wow. um, on the inside of that arm and on the inside of this arm and then 
uh, on my chest and on my back are the Portuguese words for the four seasons. So this says winter, this is spring, this is fall, and then summer is on my back. What? That is so cool. Wow. Um, my tattoos. All right, so I've yeah, your turn. I've only shown you one. Um, the equation. I, yeah. And we're doing chronological. Oh wait, arms. no, you also showed me the um the one on your your right arm. Japanese kanji. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't have a whole lot left. All right, the next one I got. I th I don't think this is too inappropriate. But hold on just a second. <laughs> All right, we're yeah. I I can't see it. Oh, okay. All right, so we've got uh like an inverted triangle uh with like two uh crescent moons like on the other either, either side of uh like your hip bones. Um so is it a uh it's obviously not like a fertility significance uh because it's you. <laughs> um right. So I don't know what's the meaning of it. So I got this. Uh, a man in uh, Peru gave me that tattoo with, uh, for trade. We bartered. I gave him a bunch of music, and he gave me that tattoo. And I got the tattoo after I had done a ceremony with San Pedro in the uh, ancient ruins uh, outside of Cusco, Peru. Okay. And the upside down triangle for me represented the feminine, but I don't know anymore about anything. And the moon also represented the, you know, my own moon that happens every month. Okay. But, but actually, that was an important phase of my life <clears throat> to like come in harmony and get to know my own body a little bit and its relationship to nature. But I've always also been kind of androgynous at the same time. So gender, queer, female. But that was that one. <clears throat> it was a really cool experience. Yeah, all, all my uh, tattoo experiences are like unremarkable because I just went to a store <laughs> and like paid a guy. Did the one on your arm hurt? How many sessions did that take? Uh, I think four. So the um, the very first one was my my very first tattoo, um, and I got that in New York. So that's the only part of the whole piece that's not by the same guy. So the rest of it is got by uh, a guy named Tony Adamson at Mind's Eye Tattoo here in Boise, um, and the rest of it I think was four sessions. Um, definitely like one of the most, and I, so, um, cause I think we did like, I think we did two bats and then, uh, the other two bats and like all of the leaves and the like clouds and shit. And we had to line it, uh, once and then a month back, a month later, go back and, and color it. And there's like one, one leaf and a bunch of like clouds and shit that go right all the way up into my armpit. 
Um, so getting that like first lined and then going back and getting it like shaded and, and colored in, um, uh, that's, that, that's definitely one of the, the more, uh, painful places to get tattooed. And would, would you consider your arm piece one tattoo? Yeah. And would you consider the four seasons another one? Um, I guess there's sort of another one. Um, How many do you have left to share? I think only one. Only one? Or two. Two. Yeah. All two. right. So I'm going to save two for you, but I have one more. Okay. And then, and then on the next episode next week, we can finish our tats. All right. This one's kind of cool. Can you see it? Yeah. Okay. So this is a uh, geometric design on the outside of the left calf. It includes a, um, uh, what is that? Pentagon. Yeah. Pentagon that contains a, uh, golden ratio. Yes. Curve yes. And you a, are my brother. Uh, uh a, is that a right triangle or is that an equal letter? That's a right triangle, right? Yep. Um, but it's a, but it's a triangle version of the golden ratio. Uh, and then there's like some other, uh, swoopies in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sine like wave. Some, it's the sine wave. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't recognize that one. For music. Uh, okay. So a friend of mine, Kayla June Gidley did a dance piece, a modern dance piece here in the University of Montana. And, and there were a few of us that participated in this dance performance. And the dance performance was set up in a pentagon. Okay. And so the audience was in the five sides of the theater space and there were aisles in the middle where the dancers would run in and, and we would dance in the middle and we would danced in the outsides of the audience. And so three of us got tattoos, kind of matching tattoos, which I've never done before or since. But it was a really fun experience to get a matching tattoo. And it's, yeah, it's uh, golden ratio and the Fibonacci spiral and the sine wave to represent music. And it's all just sacred, sacred geometry stuff. That is, that is very cool. I really like, the, uh, I've seen a ton of geometric tattoos and I just have not gotten one yet um i haven't had a really strong desire to get oh you know what i have another one so i'll i'll do another one because i forgot about one um because uh yeah i haven't had a super strong desire to get uh, a tattoo for a while so this uh next one is the most recent tattoo that i got and i got it because uh the I've, I've already told you about the treefort music festival that happens here every year right no um so it's a big like music and arts and performance uh festival it's like boise's biggest cultural festival um and so uh i have uh i have performed at so they have a comedy portion of treefort festival uh called comedy fort uh and i've been a performer at uh at comedy fort and then they uh, they do a bunch of other stuff uh, that I have not participated in as much. And they do like a pod fort, film fort, ale fort, kid fort, uh, hack fort, story fort, yoga fort, 
uh, etc. Cool. So all these forts. Um, but one of the things that happens during Tree Fort is there's one tattoo parlor that's in the middle of downtown that's like right in the heart of all the action. And they will have um, a handful of Tree Fort specific designs. And then they'll also have like a short list of flash tattoos that are just like super basic tattoos like doves and, uh, you know, and stuff like that. Like the very kind of like the stuff from every tattoo book that, they, that they'll do for like 50 or 100 bucks. So you can get these little, you know, uh, these these little like uh, cheap cheap banger tattoos. Um, so a bunch of people I, I know have gotten various different ones. So I got this uh, at the last tree fort. What is so, that? Can you, it's, it's a, a mom heart. heart. It's a freaking mom heart. It's a mom heart. Does it say mom? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, the light, the, this the camera on my laptop sucks ass, but yeah, it's a little mom heart on my ribs. And this is the other thing that I can't believe I haven't told you about this. So um, this is my uh, my contribution to Tree Fort uh, that I do every year. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Okay. So. This is great. What 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 does it say? Wait, I can't see the first part of the word. Oh. Oh, it's uh, let me see your eyes too. Perfect. Uh, ladies and gentlemen and non-binary and trans friends, this says poop fort. Poop and then what? fort. The I number two. <laughs> the number and two then, fort. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then the, oh, damn it. The other, uh, the other slogan isn't on here. The other slogan is it's not just a joke. It's, it's not just a joke. It's a movement. Oh. <laughs> so what happened is. Uh, it was like, uh, uh, was it tree fort Saturday? Uh, so I was having hangover brunch with a bunch of friends and I was like, man, they should have a big sign that says poop fort hanging up over all the, the, the porta potties outside of the main stage. And then I was like, that's a fucking good idea. So I went home and I just handmade a bunch of on on poster board a bunch of poop fort signs and stuck them on the porta potties. <laughs> and then my friend Mike, uh, who's a graphic designer and uh, owns a owned a sign making company, printed me off a whole shitload of design and printed all these these stickers. So now I have a uh, an Instagram for poop fort. And uh, every year I'm gonna have to eventually buy more stickers because I I think I got like maybe one one more tree fort worth of of stickers still in reserve but so i go i'll like i'll go down to tree fort and uh in in both in the porta potties as well as uh like i'll, I'll hide them in the bathrooms in the the venues because there's like shows in all the venues all over downtown boise um so i'll go and and just stash stickers like behind the bathroom or behind the the toilet paper you know dispenser or whatever and then i'll put a picture of where it's hidden on the poop fort instagram and tell people hey you can go get a poop fort sticker <laughs> that's that's my little tree fort activity that's beautiful Leo. and then the, I the other thing that, right now the other oh, thing that i started poop doing fort. poop fort <laughs> Um, you probably, you probably have not watched much Saturday Night Live. Um, so you know who Bill Hader is? I don't. The name ring a bell? So he was on Saturday Night Live for uh, a long time. Uh, he's now like moved on to other stuff. He's currently on this fucking amazing show on HBO called Barry. But when he was on Saturday Night Live, um, he did a character for Weekend Update called Stefan. 
and Stefan is this like com- is like severely overblown like club scene person from New York. Um, he's very much on drugs and uh, and he's there to tell you about the hottest club in New York City. Um, so that's every time he comes on, every time he comes on Weekend Update, he's like, oh yes, 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 yes. Um, so this weekend. New York's hottest club is called Balls, and that, that's like, and there, you know, there's a couple of like recurring things uh, that he's that he's always uh, always doing. So I started doing this character that I just called Tree Fort Stefan, um, where I would write updates about Tree Fort and then do video of them and post them on my on my Poop Fort Instagram. So it's like. It's Saturday. It's Saturday night at Treefort, everybody. And I know everybody wants to go see Pussy Riot, but not everybody's going to fit inside that venue. <laughs> Pussy Riot actually played here at the last Treefort, and I didn't get to see it because the venue was fucking packed, but I heard it was amazing. That's a great joke. I want. Ev- okay, I'm not going to go there. Um, That's beautiful. Yeah. Poop Fort. Poop Fort, yeah. Follow follow Poop Fort on Instagram for everybody. All your, if you want to, if you want to get <laughs> if a you poop want a Fort, sticker, if you want a Poop Fort sticker, you got to go find one in a bathroom during Tree Fort. I'm That's not, the only way I'm to get them. I'm not sure what happens inside of the Poop Fort. Fart. Uh, <laughs> that's that's between that's between you and God. Fort. Me and God. Man, you remember like 25 minutes ago. I do. See, we brought it back around. This is mystical. We're getting really. No, I was just going to say, you remember like 25 minutes ago when we were talking about not making this entire, not making this entire episode about poop. Something is going on. It's in the air. I think it's a planetary alignment. Yeah. Everything's perfectly aligned to just come out. Just let that shit go, everyone. Yeah, Jupiter is perfectly aligned (laughs) with Uranus. (laughs) Boom! Boom! Nailed it! Oh, nailed it. No one's ever heard that one before. (laughs) Nope. Nobody in the history of comedy comedy has ever made a joke about Uranus. Ever made a joke about the planet Uranus and the anus Uranus. (laughs) The anus Uranus! (laughs) Oh my god. Shit, the anus Uranus might be a good one too. Ooh! I think that might be the one because it's just simple. Yeah, it's the anus Uranus or the, or the, 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 transcendent, the transcendent divinity of shitting a quarter. My God. Oh, baby Jesus, help us, please. Okay. Guide okay. us toward food systems, people. Yeah, I th- yeah, we're we're gonna have to. We're, yeah, we gotta skip to food systems. You're gonna have to talk about the off grid thing at some point, but we gotta jump to food systems, or we're never gonna come to the end of this episode. Um. Well, we could combo. I lived off grid for five years, and it wasn't completely off grid because we had two electrical outlets. 
And so well, we but if did they were, have it, a freezer. That was Okay, but <clears throat> they weren't connected to like they were solar powered or something, right? No. They were connected to the grid, the grid. Oh, they were. Okay. My house, the little straw bale yurt that I lived in and the teepee that I lived in were off grid. There was no power going to those places. There was no power going to our kitchen, but there was one outlet that we had available. And how many acres? I don't know, 20 acres, 15 acres. It was a lot of acres. And then we had about a one acre giant garden. And we had about 60 medicinal plants. And we grew everything. I'd love to hear about what you grew. And I did not garden before this. I wasn't really into gardening. I didn't think it was cool. I didn't like uh, do canning. Boring, boring. I couldn't imagine anything more boring than canning. And I was never gonna can, it was not my thing. Fermented foods, gag me with a spoon, put a tapeworm up my butt. I don't care, I don't want fermented foods. So it was, kind of really life-changing living off-grid and simplifying my life um i won't i won't talk about the emotional part how about that let's just okay (laughs) whatever whatever you want to yeah i do want to talk talk about about the emotional part at some point um because i was but that's a different story so I learned how to grow food. I le- we, we also, we grew tons of beans. And mm-hmm. so at the end of each fall, all the beans would dry on the plants and we would all, a bunch of people would gather together and we would shuck the beans and we'd shuck the corn. And, and then we would take all of the tomatoes and the peppers and the cauliflower and the broccoli and, and the cucumbers and the beets and the carrots and the cabbage, and we would make tons of fermented foods that we would then store in our root cellar, which totally changed the pH of my body. Mm-hmm. And I started to feel like I had more energy and more life force, and I, I, it was very grounding obviously to live off grid, but my nervous system really changed. Um, well, I'll just say that the emotional work was ancestral trauma. So quick pro quo, right before I lived off grid, I produced a big show with 30 people. Mm -hmm. And, um, in that show, I was looking at inherited patterns that we get from our families. I had no idea about ancestral trauma. Books about ancestral trauma had not come out yet. So I was just doing it from my creative mind. I was like, huh, what are these patterns? So we acted them out through theater. Then we acted out the chakras, uh, which I'm not gonna get into what the chakras are right now. Audience, if you don't know what chakras are, you can look them up online. But it, it's a scientific system that comes from other cultures that are non-Western, and it's totally valid and real and not woo-hoo, woo-woo. It's real. There are energy lines in the body, and we get traumatized in these energy fields. And then they get 
stored away in our body and we don't understand how it all works yet. So the ancestral shame, I believe, was locked away in the dorsal region of my brain, the deep region of the brain. And after this show that I produced and we performed it four times, it just started to wake me up spontaneously and my body started to allow for all this unconscious material from my ancestral past to come into my conscious mind to be integrated. Um, but I was in living in the United States of America and we don't have any ceremony here and nobody really cares about healing. People just care about making money. So it was definitely the hardest time of my life because I didn't understand what was happening to me. I didn't know any of you guys yet. And so I went to go live off grid with my <clears throat> partner at the time and face the ancestral trauma and and within that I uh, also within that time period I also learned about the land and I really feel like I became one with the land I and I I, um, I didn't have any email and I didn't have a Facebook you know account so my ego my ego was kind of splattered <clears throat> Um, and I saw that behind my ego and underneath my ego was a lot of wounding that I had inherited. And, and then I started to get better and the processing mellowed out and I got better and better and better and better and better. And then I, and I was really interested in, um, food systems in general. I started to be curious about European food markets in comparison to uh, American food markets. And I'm like, wow, we can't sell uh, raw milk here. We can't sell homemade cheese here. We can't sell homemade meat. It's really hard in the state of Montana to sell ferments. So if you're like a local person and you want to do local foods and give those local foods to your local people to make them happy, the laws that are set up in this state make it nearly impossible to sell good food. And for a while I was like, well, I put a lot of energy into trying to change uh, the laws and then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to instead dream of a new system because the system we live in now, now I can see from doing this emotional work on myself how the emotional is actually, and psychic is like tied to the physical. There it is. Thanks, Leo. And, and I think the emotional and the psychic and the physical are all like interconnected inside of our bodies and also in relationship to the systemic external problems as well and how all technical difficulties Woo! so what do you think leo um <laughs> the, that was that was uh, a lot of shit right you, there <laughs> well what you made me think about it was um as, uh, especially when you got on like um the the fact that because you're right like 
uh, legal system. Part of it is is the is the challenge and the inherent challenge, I think, of uh, trying to make a society that works at scale. Um, because, like, a perfect example, you're talking about, like, people being able to, to, to sell things that they make, which... To a certain extent, I kind of don't think you should be able to sell that stuff. You should be able to give people that stuff. And you should be able to drink it and eat it yourself because then you know that it's safe. And like taking taking milk out of an animal that you just milked it out of, like that's one thing. But then selling it like all these things because, yeah, m- like milk that's full of bacteria can fucking kill people. And like that's the reason that those sy- that, that those protective systems are in place. But also you're right. And like especially like probiotics, I think, are, are a huge part of it because so much of our of, of our diet is you know, like I, I'm one who like gets a lot more probiotics than than a lot of other people do but if you're on just like a fucking standard grocery store american diet you're getting absolutely no probiotics whatsoever um and like fucking gut health and brain health like there's fucking science uh like involved in that stuff um but also i just realized how long i've been recording um and uh catherine needs my help with something so i'm going to have to like listen to this recording and think about more to talk about because we got to jump we're we we're gonna have to wrap up and go to the next episode uh because uh because i gotta go <laughs> So everything else that I was thinking about while you were talking is going to have to transfer to, uh, to, to my notes for the next episode. Also, fuck, you know, I don't know something that's hilarious. I can't remember if I've told you this, but like the extent to which I have, uh, learned more about like things about my brain that are in fact ADD symptoms from TikTok is like, is it's insane. I feel like I've already mentioned this. I bet I'm going to find it on the recording already. But like there was this video that I'm watching that, where this kid's like, yeah, I had to go get my assessment to get, you know, diagnosed with ADD to get medication. And the doctor was like, well, do you finish other people's sentences? And he says, well, no, I don't do that. That's rude. And he says, well, and the doctor says, well, but while other people are talking, are you mentally finishing their sentences and just not saying it because you don't want to be rude? And he's like, well, yeah, obviously. Like, doesn't everybody do that? And the doctor's like, no. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Like, you're not trying to figure out where this conversation is going the whole time the conversation is happening? That's an ADD symptom? That, I'm weird? <laughs> that, because, yeah, that's, like, my, that's, that's my brain constantly thinking, thinking about uh, thinking about my wh- what I think a person is saying, what I think they're about to say, and what I am going to say in response to that, because uh, that's just uh, how my brain works. Did I surprise you at all? Did I say uh, anything that you didn't expect? No. Fuck! <laughs> are you serious? You are my brother! I'm going to kill you! People of the earth, my brother and I have never met in person so when we do, he's going down. <laughs> anyway. What? Okay, so food um, systems, localized food systems is on our on our list for next week, okay? Yeah, food systems and uh, and gardening. Um, and uh, I need to look up, there's a really kick-ass documentary about um, uh, local farming in, or like... Um, like patio farming in uh, in Cuba while they were like under embargo from the United States. It's really interesting. Uh, next song from the album is Grasshoppers. Tell us about Grasshoppers. I don't know if any of y'all live anywhere where there are grasshoppers, but 
I would say three or four years ago, I was hiking around in Montana in Missoula, and I I heard them for the first time, and I just oh, it's something really? I've yeah I've just been trying, just in just trying to become a better listener in general, listening to nature, listening to birds, listening to people. Um, and I was just like, wow, watching the grasshoppers and watching their legs and listening to their song. And it just blew me away. Um, and so I wrote this song for them, but the whole song is really about, it's a song for the earth and there's Sanskrit and Quechua which is a, an indigenous language from the Andes, and Sanskrit is from India. It's one of the oldest languages on the earth, um, and Spanish. And it's all about the earth and that the earth is divine and powerful and beautiful and intelligent, like us. Okay, Except we also have shit. <laughs> Lots of Don't. shit, everybody. Just remember... Episode just, 5 is a just, shitty episode, okay? It's just, it's okay. Be okay. Next uh, one. Just don't be mad at me for all the grasshoppers I've ridden over with my bike in the last, like, month oh, and a I half. Because they are all over the goddamn trails. And, you um, know, and you can also say asshoppers is also works, you know, when you're in a, a shitty mood. And I also want to tell you of a story about French grasshoppers on the next episode. French grasshoppers next episode, folks. Listeners, join us next week for French grasshoppers. And here's a song called Grasshoppers.
Thank you for joining us. We're glad you were here. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash H-I-M-M-B or at Heidi J L L C on Venmo. Thank you. We appreciate you.